A disclaimer, this show is not meant to tell you how to live or give you the answer to all of life's questions. No, this show is meant to encourage and support your free thought. Take what you need, leave what you don't. kings and queens. This is New Age Lee. I'm a revolutionary soul with an intellectual mind using the stars to get what's mine. And this is Black Innovation. It's mid-September and we are officially in the last quarter of 2020. Congratulations! You should applaud and celebrate the fact that you've made it this far. Way to go. We've lost so much this year, yet here you are still standing, well, (laughs) at least still breathing. From January to now, we have been on an emotional roller coaster. Mental and physical strength is being put to the test in ways that we have never seen. So before we dive into this episode, I like to offer some survival tips for the emotional turmoil that 2020 has and will continue to place at our door. I've seen and experienced a lot of emotional grenades blowing up all over the place, from home to work to chilling with the homies. When out in these COVID streets, anyone could get the heat. Have you found yourself involved in shouting battles? Have you been scolded or reprimanded for something that's not even in your control? Have you been finding certain friends or situations just a little more irritating than usual? If this is you or you can relate, I have three tips for emotional intelligence that can help keep you safe during these strange COVID times. Tip one, acknowledge the behavior. Like with any issue, Admitting is the first step. You first have to see that there's a problem in order to solve the problem. While it is very easy to express that you are angry or frustrated through body language or interaction, it is a completely different thing to actually acknowledge it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about being self-aware. Throughout the course of the day, There are several things that can get under our skin and grind our gears. Instead of dealing with these emotions, we tend to shove them in a box to deal with later. Before we know it, our box is full and now exploding onto someone who by and large is the victim of anger that we have suppressed throughout the day, week, month, in some cases over years. Acknowledging and investigating our emotions as they happen can prevent unnecessary blow-ups. Emotions are our soul's way of bringing attention to certain areas of our life, whether that be good or bad. The more we explore our emotions, the better we become at understanding what our soul is trying to tell us. Take an emotional inventory of your day from the moment you wake up. As your eyes open in the morning, ask yourself, how am I feeling? Did I sleep well? Is my day off to a good start? 
Just acknowledging your mental state puts you in more control, even if you don't exactly know what to do about it yet. Just as we monitor the spread of coronavirus, we also have to monitor the spread of negative energy. By habitually checking in on our mental state, we start to find the patterns. What makes me feel this way? Is it something that I can change or is it something I need to change my mind about? This step is not always quick and easy. However, being aware of our emotional state is the first step to taking control of our feelings and growing in our emotional intelligence. Tip two is an instant shield. It can be hard to master, but when you do, life gets a whole lot easier. Tip two, don't take it personal. It sounds simple, but it's not how we're raised to interact with each other. No one has ever gone through life without offending or hurting someone. Even Jesus offended and hurt people. Now that doesn't mean that he was a bad man and deserved to be crucified, but it also doesn't mean that the people who were hurt didn't have a right to be offended. We all have our own stories and reasons for doing things. 9.8 out of 10 times, someone hurting you has less to do with you and more to do with what's going on with them. Remember that little box of rage that we like to stuff our unwanted emotions into? Well, sometimes your number gets called and you're the victim of the day. You have three options. One, you can retaliate and try to fight negativity with negativity. Two, you can be a punching bag and absorb the negative energy only to release it on someone else later. Or three, you cannot take it personal and sidestep the bullshit altogether. Take a deep breath and sidestep any accusations or unsolicited drama that finds itself at your feet. Hurt people hurt people. So if you are not the true cause of the pain, it's not your burden to bear. So let it go. Will you spend the rest of the day suffering emotional stress over and over again because of something that someone said or did? Or are you going to take charge of your emotions and take charge of your day and continue it the way you see fit? Tip three, always have a charger on standby. Power and energy flow through nature. Just as we can absorb it and store it, we can also use it and release it. And for the untrained, it's often stolen from right under their noses. Because energy can come and go, we should always have a charger close by, a reservoir or happy place we can go to to renew and replenish ourselves. For some, it's as simple as a song. Others need a whole album. Some want alone time with a book. Others want to be surrounded by friends and loved ones. As you habitually take note of your emotional state, you'll learn what brings you energy and fulfillment. An easy go-to for me right now is My Power from the Blackest King album. After listening to this song, I feel invincible. If I'm at work, I can't always enjoy a private jam session. So I lean back on my mantra. The mantra that I say is, if I take it personal, I am accepting responsibility for their actions. Is this on me or is this on them? 
after saying that, if it is me, I'm now looking at things from a different perspective. This allows me to help not perpetuate the situation. If it's something that's not on me and it's really them tripping, then that's none of my business and I can go on with my day as usual. So let's recap. Three tips to stay emotionally safe in these COVID times. One, acknowledge and investigate your emotions and their triggers. Two, stop taking it personal. Hurt people hurt people. Three, recharge. Find ways to invest in your happiness every day. Make it a priority. You deserve it and you're worth it. Now that I've shared some tips on how to survive this last quarter of the year, let's get into the meat of this episode. Across the world, we are trying to figure out what education looks like during and post-corona. So I linked up with one of my tribe members who is also an educator. We discussed what this 2021 school year looks like, and we also spilled some tea about what's going on with the stars. If you haven't already heard the first episode, I encourage you to give it a listen. I go into more detail about what astrology is and how you can use it to enhance your understanding of life and what's going on in the world. Astrology believes as above, so below, as within, so without, as the universe, so the soul. So in this episode, we're going to talk about Mars going into retrograde and what type of energy we can expect to see from that. So without further ado, I introduce to you episode two, The Calm Before the Storm. Enjoy. It is my honor and my pleasure to introduce to you one of my tribe members, a fellow traveler along this journey called life, She's super empowering. She's super insightful. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Miss C Sharp. What's going on, Queen? What's up? What's up? What is life? <laughs> Girl, what is it though? Can we talk about it? <laughs> You know? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> let me say, um, I am an educator mm-hmm. and my school is currently on its second week back after, what is this, Memorial Day or Labor Day? Labor Day. We always do this. Whatever day we get off work, y'all. Right. <laughs> it's during that weekend that we're recording and that would be my school's third week back. We have 50% of our kids in person and 50% of our kids online. I have to say, originally, I thought this shit was going to be really bad. It's not as bad as I thought it would be, but let's be clear, it's still pretty fucked up out here. But, you know, it's a new year, it's a new age of life in general post-corona, so I'm trying to be really mindful to give grace to everyone, and that includes myself as well. Uh, Just like you, I'm an educator, and we are going into our third week as well. We have been virtual, though, for the first two weeks. Now, when we come back after this Labor Day weekend, we will have students there. We call them the safe haven children. So these are like for the sped kids, kids that are having trouble with their technology, 
kids who have parents who are working all day and night, kids who have parents who are first responders. So we'll have them coming in, but they'll be like in some holding area. They won't even be a in a holding home. area. What do you mean? Yeah. Like a cafeteria or an auditorium. All of them? Maybe 30% of our school population of students that will be coming back. But like I said, they won't be in our classroom. They will still have to be on their computer, Zooming with us. Okay. And they're just going to have like the aides or whoever in there to make sure everything's running well, smoothly. They ain't even dealing with aides. They're dealing with the admin. Oh, the wow. Admin. Okay. Okay. Just the admin. Okay. I'm going to have a real small group then. That's what that says because right. ain't it's no nothing. way. <laughs> that's funny. But I, I mean, that's like kind of some of the differences, right? So that's another thing with this weekend coming up. And we're really about to see a whole different ball game because... The only reason my school came back half in person and half online was because we were outside of the city limits. Most schools that are inside of the city limits, they're not able to even offer in-person learning until after this holiday break. I don't think anybody is saying, never mind, we're not gonna let kids back yet. I do know some schools are being smart. Sounds like your school's one of them where they're only, they're limiting how many people are coming out and they're trying to phase in how many kids actually come back. So I think that's pretty awesome. That's not my experience. <laughs> when I hear what you're going through, I'm like, oh my God, I don't like it. <laughs> Girl, because we're split like this, they're getting a lot more from the in-person classroom than the online. But that's mainly also because I don't have time. If, if all I had to do for the day was to go to school and go online and interact with my kids and help them do problems and lecture them, then it would be perfect. But half of my day is spent getting ready for my in-person kids. The other half of the day is teaching the in-person kids. So whenever I'm getting with my kids online, it's pretty much, if you email me, then you can get me right away. Otherwise, we've been in school for two weeks. I didn't look at some of my online classes until Friday of the end of the second week. So as far as actually seeing what my online kids are grasping and what they understand, I just barely looked at that this weekend. Meanwhile, my in-person kids are getting immediate feedback as the day goes on. So for us, like we're kind of doing the same thing, but we're literally like emailing kids. Like they email us like, miss, my computer's not working or miss, I'm struggling with getting on Zoom. I have to do everything, whatever, whatever. So it's, we're pretty much turning into like help desk. Mm -hmm. We're troubleshooting all day. That's pretty much what it's turned into. Now, don't get me wrong. Kids are getting what they need. They're learning, but I hear you. Like it is difficult dealing with the virtual aspect, especially for those, I'm a special ed teacher. So especially for those kids who actually need the assistance, the face-to-face -face interaction is really helpful for them. So I will say that's been my main challenge. Making sure that my sped, my sped babies are getting everything they need yeah. virtually. And that's really so, hard. It's tough. That's so hard. And that's another thing on top of all the other stuff I'm, I have to do. I also have to look up who are my kids with accommodations? How can I get those them accommodations? And how can I fit that into an online classroom? It gets a little tough. And again, not being able to actually see the kid to know what level they're on. Because you know, some kids have accommodations, but there's certain ways they need to receive those accommodations. Right. The only real feedback I have is if the kid speaks up for themselves, if they advocate for themselves, or if the parents said something about what they think would be better. Of course, every year we ask the kids that. Uh, we always do at the very beginning of the year. I'm always like, hey, 
Is there any way that I can enhance your learning experience? Is there something that I should know that'll help me better teach you or help you better understand? And I rarely get anything that's useful. I never get anything useful out of it. Some people just like, oh, I'm shy, but it's nothing that's actually tactful, especially when I'm talking about my special population. So, and that that goes into the students not really knowing what their disability is or understanding why they need services or they do understand they're just embarrassed, right? So I know for us, we ask that same question, like how can we better assist you? Like what do we need to know so that when things come up, we're not bumping heads or whatever. A lot of kids say, I don't like to read out loud. Don't please don't call me to read out loud. Some kids will be honest in that way. A lot of kids will be like, you like gonna you find said, out when you call on me and I don't. <laughs> or just don't call me. Right, and I'm like, well, you're gonna get called on because we gotta know, but. <laughs> right. Um, but that, when kids do that, that really goes into the fact that kids really don't know why they're receiving services or don't understand their accommodations. Mm-hmm. I know as a sped teacher, I make it my duty for them to understand this is why you're being accommodated. Know your accommodations so you can advocate for yourself. I work with high school as well they're getting older so we have to get them prepared for real life and real life is not going to accommodate you so you need to know how to get it for yourself or at least how to advocate for yourself yourself. right so that is what we're talking about all the time constantly because it's important i always feel like when i talk to you they all are more engaged with your students you actually make a point to reach out to the parents what kind of interaction do you have with the teachers that goes along with that? I reach out to all my teachers. As soon as I know what their schedule is, I'm already introducing myself as their monitor teacher. Let me know how I can assist you. This student needs this, this, and this. So that way, when things do come to me like they already are, parents are complaining, complaining, and the students are coming to me saying, Miss, this is getting frustrating. I'm not seeing my support teacher in their class. So I'm having to already talk to teachers, their teachers, and letting them know, hey, make sure you're providing this accommodation. Make sure that you're doing like with the Zoom, make sure you're providing your breakout sessions for these kids and giving them that that small group environment through the Zoom. Some teachers will let you know, well, like, well, I tried to do this, this, and this, and where where is student accountability? You know what I mean? Like, that's always the question. I'm like, you're right. He ain't doing the X, Y, and Z. I'm here for you. But you need to communicate that with me so I can communicate that to that student and that parent. And you also have a responsibility to push. The longer that you're teaching, hopefully you're able to grab those skills where you can influence and encourage the kids to do work. But I know that's also something that I hold near and dear to my heart And We are not giving out no free grades. We hate the idea that I have to pass you just because the school needs to hit a certain quota. Like, if I feel like you're not putting forth effort, then I want your grade to reflect that. Luckily for me, I've been able to develop relationships with my students in the way that I typically don't have to get there. And I hate, I get kids coming to me and they don't even know how to average things. You're in high school and you don't know how to average something. So if I tell you 10, 11, 10, and I want you to give me the average of that, you're telling me that the average is 23. Girl, that's that note y'all left behind at his finest. You didn't know? Girl, what? It's crazy. And don't get and look, even as a statue, because we understand like the gen eds teachers, it's we put so much pressure to make sure you pass this kid or whatever. 
if I am quick to say, as long as you're documenting that this kid is not doing X, Y, and Z, and you have been providing their accommodation, they refuse their accommodations because kids can refuse their accommodations. Mm-hmm. You're documenting that, fail them. <laughs> Give them a zero. Because you did everything you had to do, this kid is not working with you. So make sure you are documenting, you are contacting that parent, letting them know, hey, this child is not doing X, Y, and Z, period. And that goes for any kid. That goes for any sped or non. Because what what the education system has done, especially with that no child left behind, it has really made it very difficult for teachers to really use real ethics and morals when grading the students. It has really put that pressure on us. Because a student not doing well doesn't reflect on the student's effort, simply reflects on you. It's just very interesting seeing what has happened with all of this. That's just a state of education. We look back at our own experiences as students coming up in a school environment, a public school environment. Mm -hmm. I remember things being drilled into me, like averaging. I learned how to average, I want to say, in fourth grade. Girl, talk about it. Like, I'm not understanding. That comes right after adding, dividing, and multiplying. Because <laughs> that's all you're doing. <laughs> when I hear stuff like that, like even with us, our biggest teak in English that kids fail all the time is inferencing. Inference. Make a conclusion. Just tell me. But you know that. If you tell a kid to do something, they're going to want to, how? How? And it's like, well, how do you think? Use your brains. And it's like, no, I want exact directions on what to do. What they cannot stand is abstract. Like, they can't think abstractly, right? That's the whole issue. That's the real big problem here. If I tell a kid, based off of this book cover, what do you think this book will be about? They're like, I don't And they'll know. just read the title back to you. The cat in the field. There's a cat in the field. Right. I'm like, I don't, I don't, and I don't know what else to say to make them understand. I'm asking you to make a prediction. It doesn't have to be correct. Right. That's the problem. They were, they wanted to be right. They don't want to guess. They don't want, they don't want to risk sounding dumb. It's very difficult to make them think like that. I definitely had a village holding me down, helping me out, but Where's the practice for them? Who is actually pushing them to make these thoughts? Because even with the kids in class, they'll ask a question or they'll just be like, I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, okay, what do you actually not know how to do? Are you so used to just saying, I don't know, and someone just coming straight over to you and telling you what to do versus you trying to think on your own to figure it out. And it's okay if you don't understand, there's something wrong with that. But you also, again, have to know how to advocate for yourself. What is troubling about this for you? What don't you understand? Tell me what you need so that I can provide it for you. I don't know isn't sufficient. I don't understand isn't sufficient. You have to take it to that next level. Think abstract (laughs) and figure out how you can get your solution. (laughs) And exactly, like that's what we tell kids. I'm like, I cannot help a blank slate. I need you to try so then for I can pinpoint where you actually need help at. Yeah, what's going on? What is really going on here? But you telling me I don't know makes puts me in the position where you're trying to make me do it for you and I already got. It. Right. I went to school twice already. <laughs> I got three three degrees, okay? <laughs> I, got I got I got everything I need. Right. We're trying to get you there. Something really cool coming out of this because 
I remember even as a kid myself being kind of pissed off about having to memorize stuff. Siri wasn't around when we were in high school. No, we were asking Jeeves. You remember Ask Jeeves? Yeah! <laughs> That's who we asked. We asked Jeeves and we had to type it. He wasn't listening to us. We had to type in Ask Jeeves what he thought. <laughs> But I think that's really cool. And so because of the digital learning, it's opened up new tools kind of in the classroom. Teachers are kind of assuming online kids are most likely going to be using their phones or using technology to help answer the questions. We're allowing the students in person to use their notes. So I like the idea of not using your brain to memorize things. Use technology for that. Use paper for that. Use your brain for creativity. Use your brain for that abstract. You don't need to memorize where all the states are, but I do need you to think about how, where the states are located on the map can affect the cultures there. Think about that. So knowing that Texas is down here and it's hotter and Colorado is colder and it's up here, now what can you make an inference about? And that's what your test is on. Your test is not on where is Texas located because you can use a map for that. The test is on what can you do with the information that you've been provided? How can you create something with the information that you've been provided? So I like that. I'm hopeful for that. I want that to continue and grow. And that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's what I've been telling a lot of my colleagues. I've been telling that to my mom. I'm like, this is a good opportunity to truly revamp education and actually imagine a new way of doing things with these students. This is a great opportunity for that. So I am hopeful and um, excited to see what comes of that. What's the aftermath of all of this? Oh, I'm so excited. And when we get into the stars part of this conversation, because this Mars and retrograde, I feel it as sit back, recharge, and get ready for what's about to happen. It is a good time to reflect and start trying to make that game plan for how things that you want to happen, how can you make it happen in a successful way? How can you work smarter and not harder? I was like, oh, like I, I'm seeing little bits and pieces of it manifesting in life right now. But we'll get there later. <laughs> Before we go too far, because we're talking about education and we're also talking about mental health loosely, since we're talking about, you know, our special populations, really quickly, down here in Texas, we're trying to have a little budget review, and I'm sure other states are doing the same. Obviously, COVID hit everybody out of the blue, and we are grateful but unsatisfied with the way the government has paid out money. Let me just say that as somebody who was currently employed, I did accept and deposit my check from the government. However, it wasn't a check that I needed. There was a lot of money that was just kind of thrown at the problem instead of actually thinking about how to effectively give out this money in a way that wasn't going to result in a shit show because the state of Texas needs to find 4.58 billion. The state of Texas needs 4.5 bill, 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 neither, no, billion dollars, god damn it. Billion. 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 And it's like, for what? Because how many people like me who still were getting paid, still had a job, how many of us got a thousand, two hundred dollars? I did. Just because. Yeah. And I mean, I I cashed it. 
I'm, I'm I'm black. I'm not about to pass up no money. Don't right. give me not giving back no money. Like I took. <laughs> what are we well, talking about? You know, I did. I did receive it, but because this happened, we're looking at major budget cuts from health during yeah. a pandemic yeah. and education. Yeah. During a change in education due to a pandemic. Why is this where our money is coming from to make up for it? And it's funny because people get mad about defunding the police, but we're literally defunding health and education all the fucking time. So I wrote down the numbers Girl. of what oh. they're doing. So as far as human services, these are like your CPS workers, right? 1.6 million is going to be cut. So what they're saying is that this may cause a delay in, ex in investigations on abuse and neglect of children. That's number one. 165,000 cut for mental health um, support. During a pandemic when it's already like they could kind of make it to school, some kids probably aren't even at school and you're cutting services for them. Right. 200,000 in grants for education for athletic programs for students with intellectual disabilities. For higher education, we're losing grants. So kids can't go to college and afford it. 43 million is coming out of financial aid. 43 million. This is how the law is getting affected. Let's go here. 450,000 attorney generals will be cut and money will be cut from them to apprehend fugitives for sex crimes, cyber crimes, crimes against children by 450,000. That's some Epstein shit right there. So, of course, and of course, the child support stuff is happening. Um, they're taking money from there. So let's let's see what we're saying here. What are we? What are they actually telling this us? This is what's protected? not important. This is what's not important to us. Right. So we're no longer protecting children. We're no longer protecting low-income families, fatherless kids, the disabled, and mental health. They're taking all this money from these programs. But the one thing that I feel like has been said literally across the country at one point or another is to defund the police. Defund the police. <laughs> let's be straight up. Defunding the police does not mean get rid of the police. That's not no, what being said. Going down, I'm definitely calling them. I need you. Come, come get this man out of my house. <laughs> That's not what that means. What it means is you're spending a lot of fucking money in an area that isn't necessarily as helpful as Hmm. Child protective services. Hmm. Special needs education. Hmm. Higher education in general. Prosecuting pedophiles, sexual offenders, people yeah. getting raped is not as important as having police. And let me tell you, I have seen plenty of times two police officers show up at a scene and the next thing you know there's five six police officers at a scene and let me know what type of restaurant store you can go into and get five employees helping you all at once not one i gotta look for them they don't do that We're, i've never heard of a police officer shortage i've never heard oh there's not enough officers we need more people to become officers and so another funny thing, oh, Texas being so awesome, Austin was actually able to defund their police. They had enough votes and the people had a strong enough voice to defund their police department. And Governor Greg Abbott said he's considering putting state control over Austin 
in order to counteract that. Why? He said, he said he's even considering kind of dissolving the Austin Police Department into the state police department and having it run like that. So because the people were able to pull together and push their agenda to defund the police, the state officials, Saturn, the rulers, are coming in and they're saying, no, I don't care that y'all don't want this. We're going to make you have it. No, no help for people who are being assaulted. No help for people trying to educate or empower themselves. But yes, we will give money for police to police people who have clearly stated that they don't want that type of policing or that type of help. I, I think this is just, you know, another stone on the road to where we're going. I think that this is either a preview or something that we're gonna see happening around or something that we're gonna start responding to. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not happy with this news. Like, okay, so you're telling me because Austin decided to do the right thing. Yes. And Gregory's in Austin. He was like, oh, since we're gonna, since y'all are already trying to defund this way, I'm just gonna make y'all all over the state anyway. Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? So I'll, I'll read, I'm reading a tweet that he said. He said, I can't let Austin's defunding and disrespect for law enforcement to endanger the public and invite chaos like in Portland and Seattle, end quote. He tweeted this. So this is public anywhere you mean, you know, you can get it at your local grocery store. I just don't understand what the, what is the confusion here? If we even can just start at just giving cops more education. That's all I want. If, if you have to get a certificate to become an officer and it was at least two years, yeah, I feel two years is respectable. Two years, what's two years? That's an associate's degree. That's something that you do at night for a couple of years and you win that thing, like. Why can't we just, I don't know, like, okay, let's, if we're talking about hair, we're like struggling with this whole concept of defunding, okay, then put that money towards making sure that these cops are well-educated before you give them a gun, at least, just saying. Right now, Saturn says no, so we'll see what we can do about that. I have never been someone that's like pushing voting in people's face or anything, I had a long time choke of myself as to whether it really meant something or not. I understood the gravity and the lengths that people went to in order to make it a reality. It still didn't necessarily click to me its importance. And something, if not, that should click to your importance of it is the fact that people are working so hard to keep you from doing it. If it didn't matter, then people wouldn't give a fuck if you did it. But the fact that people are working so hard to prevent you from doing it, like that should let you know. I never condone anyone for not voting. I'm still not telling people to go, well, I am telling you to go vote, but it's your decision, you know? I'm not here to tell you what to do. And I don't condone you if you don't vote. I'm just saying what I think and what I what I feel, given the information. I just think people shouldn't be playing around with this vote that during this season. This season, um, we really need everybody to be on one accord. I was just speaking about this with my mom because she's actually volunteering with the Democratic Party, the campaign. Like she's the one that sends out the text messages. She's on the phone calls with people. And of course, she's hearing more and more, hell no to Democrats. Very, very aggressive, by the way. And I'm like, 
okay, I understood why people like Trump before. Like he was a truth teller. He's gonna dismantle the government. You know, all that kind of rhetoric and talk. Like I can, I can see why people said that. But now it's been four years. He's doing nothing about it. Black folks are dying at the hands of the police. Once again, he's doing nothing about it. Healthcare is getting getting shot. Welfare is getting cut. And let's just be honest, white people, y'all take out welfare way more than us blacks. And you mean to tell me you are supporting Trump? I, I just, I'm not understanding what is it? Like, what is what is it? Like, this is the time right now is for everybody to get on one accord. I don't care if you don't like Biden. I don't care. I don't care if I like my doctor. I want the doctor who knows how to fix me. Like, fuck that. (laughs) I don't need to be in love with my plumber. (laughs) Right. At least Biden's going to give us a good cabinet. He's going to put people around him that can affect change. Yeah, the the, whoever is over healthcare is going to actually be a successful, well-known doctor. Not someone who's a veterinarian that went to school with his little brother's niece. He's gonna actually put people where they belong. Whoever's over agriculture is gonna be someone who actually has owned a farm. We need innovation right now. We need new ideas. We need sustainable ideas. With that being said, let's talk about what's going on in the stars because this leads into what Mars is doing. Exactly. So a little introduction on Mars. Mars is the warrior planet. It's the god of war. Its its statement is I am. It's selfish, it's playful, it's energetic. That is Mars, that is Aries. Mars is about to go into retrograde. What are our dates? It's soon, September 9th through November. So that's all of October is with Mars in retrograde. Yeah. What that typically means is the I am is being challenged. It's taking a break. It's going on pause. It's not necessarily a great idea to start something new during this retrograde. It is a great time, however, to plan for when Mars starts moving forward again, because again, Mars is big energy. Right now it's cooling off. So whenever it can, it's gonna explode out of the race gates and be ready to go forward. And if you haven't planned and you haven't started putting your systems and processes together so that you can accomplish your goal, you're gonna miss out. Right. You're doing this opportunity while Mars is in retrograde to get your ducks in a line. You're gonna want to, you're really gonna want to. You've been saying you were gonna lose weight all year. You really wanna start to lose weight this month. You've been talking about starting that blog or that podcast You've been saying things all 2020, you've been wanting to go, and actually, it's time to pause. (laughs) While you are now ready, that window is closed for now. But that's okay. You have to think about your patience, right? What can you do while you're unable to move forward? One of the best things to do is to find a way to be productive. And the best way to do that right now, I would say, is to plan and research. You need to look into You know now what you really want. Now that you know what you want, what are the best ways for you to move forward to get that? I'm over people thinking they're just gonna wake up and go do some shit. We're adults, that's not how shit works. You need to plan. We have all this technology around us and information just in general. We're in the age of Aquarius. Look up 
ways to do things. Figure out what works best for you so that you can be successful in what you're doing. A lot of people are like, oh, I want to do this. And then they try to go do it without any education on it, without any plan on how it's going to work, what to do if it doesn't work. And then they get frustrated when the shit doesn't happen and they give up or they throw a fit or shit just goes really fucking bad because again, lack of planning and lack of preparation. So use this time when we're on a pause to think about what can I do to put myself in the best position so that when this Mars retrograde is done, I can shoot out of the gates like Mars because a lot of other people are gonna be doing it and then you're gonna be salty that you're just now starting to plan when everyone else is on execution. Yep, it was crazy so as you know, like I do my hiking, I've been eating right, I've been doing everything I need to do. This week, I actually could not finish my four days. I, I typically work out four days, only got three in this week. The day that I was supposed to work out, it started to rain. Mm. It, was, it was going to rain. Out of your control. Out of my control. So I'm like, okay, so it was going to rain. I was like, I decided, I'm like, okay, I really need to exterminate outside of my apartment so we wouldn't have no bugs coming up in here when it rains. Like, so it'll, I was trying to do it before the rain came. I wanted to give it the most time to dry, whatever. So I go outside, I exterminate, like granted, this is a day is going to rain. I'm exterminating and my foot gets attacked by ants. Oh no. And I'm allergic, right? Like I, I'm allergic to like <laughs> bees and stuff like that. So of course I got five, Ant bites on my foot. My ankle swells really bad. Oh my God. Whatever I thought I was going to do to get my last day of workout in, no. So when I was listening to like how Mars is in retrograde and how we're starting to feel those effects right now, even though it's not even September 9th, it's coming up, I was like, oh my God, that's my ants. <laughs> I was not in the empire. I was not even near anything that could give me ant bites. Like, I don't even know how that happened. It was Where just very- come from? Where'd it come from? I'm over here trying to stay on my plan and it, it really forced me to pause for a minute. I yeah. was like, oh. Yeah, it's gonna be really frustrating. That's, that's again, the whole big thing with Mars being in retrograde is frustrating because it's the I am, it's the selfish. So the mm -hmm. things that you really want, the stuff that you've been trying to cling for, it's gonna be real tight and real difficult to hit those. That's why starting new things are not recommended because of how hard it's gonna be to keep those habits. However, I wanna encourage folks who have already started this journey with me. A lot of people have taken this quarantine to start already thinking about what do I want my life to look like? What can I do to start getting there? Don't take this to mean, okay, that means I gotta stop doing what I'm doing. If you've already started, yes, it's gonna be a little more difficult, but don't stop. You've already started. So you're gonna be fine. This is gonna be more of a strength building thing for those things that you've already been doing. If you're truly dedicated, then you're gonna be able to survive this and then you're gonna come out even stronger at the end of Mars retrograde. Because also remember in this retrograde, we're supposed to be thinking of new ways to do things. We gotta start thinking smarter, not harder. So right. since you've already been thinking about your workout stuff and you've already been working on your workout stuff, because this retrograde is gonna keep doing dumb shit, like giving you rain and ants, <laughs> you're gonna have to outsmart the bullshit for the stuff that you've already started doing. So I don't know what that means for you yet, but I want to encourage that because you have been on your game. So I think that this skill isn't something that's gonna have to be on pause for you. 
but everything is going to be difficult. I think right. that's a good way to strength build for things that you've already been doing and to plan ahead for the stuff that you want to do. Right. Because I was literally just having this conversation. We're entering fall. It's going to be cooler outside. Like when I'm, And it's getting darker quicker because we're about to go into the time change. Yeah. So I'm not going to be able to get off at five and go walk at six. Like it's going to be too dark for me to do that. So I was literally just saying, I'm like, okay, maybe, I need, maybe it is time for me to start toning start doing workouts inside find ways to i have resistance bands start working on that because i'm gonna have to start getting creative yeah that i was already starting to think like that whether you pay attention to the stars or not it's happening baby it's gonna be working <laughs> so all this was just confirmation i was like oh my god like i was already thinking like, what should i do so i don't lose momentum of whatever path i'm on it's so dope that's what i love about astrology and I, I honestly did give it a little bit of a pause. I just hadn't been with school starting back up, the stress and anxiety that was surrounded in August. And I'm sure there was something in the stars about that, but I wasn't even paying attention to it because I was involved in the stress and anxiety and trying to go back to school and wondering what the future held and feeling like I didn't have no control and feeling like people were stupid. Like yeah. I had everything else going in my mind that I didn't even look at the stars. But coming back to it, it's like I never left. I pick back up and it's like, hey, by the way, Mars is about to go in retrograde. And that means this, right on time, because that's exactly what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> that's exactly where I'm at right now. So now that I know that this is gonna happen, I'm not gonna waste my time trying to start new shit because I'm not gonna frustrate myself by trying to do something new and being disappointed and then losing confidence in everything that I've already been doing for 2020. I ain't gonna do it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I know better now. <laughs> exactly. When you know better, you do better. So, and that's, right. how, that's where I'm at too. Like, I'm just, I'm not stressed out at work. That's not where my stress is coming from. I don't even know if I am stressed. I'm just, I'm grooving at this point. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. And yes. you just, you just moving through it. Like yeah. it, it is what it is. Yes. Flexibility right now is key. You should have loose expectations, loose expectations, right. but also be true to yourself, right? I feel like anyone who holds too tightly to any idea of anything right now is kidding themselves. Exactly. We don't right. know what life looks like after Corona. It has never happened ever in human history. So we don't know what the fuck the future holds. Being able to adapt and flex and move with whatever the world throws at you right now is best bet. Anyone who needs things to happen exactly how you said and you wanted and they said it was gonna happen, you're gonna be stressed the fuck out and you're gonna be angry all yep. the fucking time. You thought that you were gonna do a lesson using ponies and we all decided we're doing a lesson doing frogs, guess what? Your whole plan just got fucked. Now, are you pissed? Or did you give yourself grace enough to not get tied down to one specific idea? And can you go with the group and flourish? Or are you gonna be the pissed off person that's gonna stress themselves out before the year's done? Exactly. I even had to talk myself down because I was I was frustrated the fact that I could not get my hike in. I said, you know what? It is okay. It's okay. You have next week. Do your four next week. You did your three, girl. You did your three. That's how I was able to release that from me. <laughs> I did not get, I was not stressed out because I know 
in the past with me, I would get stressed out if I missed a day and I would like, oh my God, I'm doomed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off my path. I'm not gonna work out anymore, blah, you know, whatever. But no, I'm like, it's, it's fine. You got your three, just do whatever you have to do next week. Look for the answers inside of you. Don't look for answers in other people. You Girl, that blessed me. Bring out your own grounding. That blessed me so much because she was saying if plans are going retrograde, it means you're going internal. You got to look internally. So I should not be looking for others to please or looking for others to give answers, looking for others for validation, mm. whatever the case, right? Like, no, um, I need to be looking toward myself. And honestly, I've been having revelations just within internally getting questions answered that i'm answering myself not looking for other people to answer those for me and also to help with stress levels giving other people grace nobody knows what other people are dealing with right now i'm at work my department chair walked in i just said good morning and he was like speak for yourself i was like oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe it really isn't a good morning for him. He could have gotten a fight with his wife this morning. He could have came and found out that half of his students couldn't log on for their assignments last night. I don't know what's going on in his world. So let me not be pissed off or angry because he just did something snappy. Because at the end of the day, I know I didn't do nothing to him. It's not my fault that he's acting this way. Therefore, why should I suffer because he's suffering? I'm going to let him suffer on his own. I'm going to keep having a good morning. Exactly. And I'm gonna let him have his not you can't so internalize that. You can't internalize that. I had that conversation with one of my co-workers. I really like my principal, but a lot of my co-workers are like, like they just feel some type of way. But I'm like, I really like her. She has not really talked to, talked a crazy way to me. Well, I was asking her about some like a laptop because I want a new laptop. My laptop is trash. Anyway, <laughs> she kept like cutting me off. She wouldn't let me. She wouldn't let me ask the question properly for her to understand what I'm asking. Right. Of course, I didn't take it personally. Thing. If anything, I wanted to give her a hug. I'm like, oh, baby girl, you need a hug. I know Friends. this is stressful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but everybody's like, see, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not internalizing like that. Like, I'm not going to use this as a way to be like, this is why I don't like my principal. No, I still ride for my principal. Most of the time, with the exception of sometimes people are literally hating on you, but most right. of the time people aren't treating you a certain way because it's you. This is how they are. And they're this way because something happened to them. Hurt yeah. people hurt people. So yeah, he yelled at me, but it's not based on me. Yeah, she's cutting you off, not really listening to you, but it's not because what she says doesn't matter. We get caught up in the I am. We get caught up in this is my movie. Everything that everyone does is because of me. It don't got shit to do with you. They're the star of their own movie. They got their own shit going on that you don't get to see because you're not watching. Don't take that shit personal. <laughs> that's, that's them. And even the motherfuckers that are jealous of you and they actually are hating on you and they actually are actively trying to hurt you or bring you down, again, it's because of some fucked up shit with them. They're yeah. looking at you seeing what they can't do or what they won't do and they don't mm -hmm. like to see you do well while they're not doing well because they're not putting in that effort. So again, it it doesn't have nothing to do with you other than the fact that you're inspiring them in a hateful way and they don't know what to do with the energy. <laughs> that ain't none of my business. None of my business. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, of course, because 2020 is just that motherfucker, while Mars is in retrograde, 
we're also going to have a few other things going on. Yeah. Um, the first thing that I'm going to bring up, because we're going to start feeling this mid-August, is Mars being square with Saturn. We talked about Mars being the warrior, playful, I am, self-empowering, this is what I want, this is what I get. That's Mars. Saturn is Big Papa. Saturn is Daddy. Saturn is the ruler. Saturn likes organization, structure. Saturn wants you to follow the motherfucking rules. Saturn is all about learning your lesson and being disciplined. That mm -hmm. is Saturn. Technically, Mars is square Saturn on September 29th. And typically, when Mars is square Saturn, it only happens like once a year. So in any other year, Mars squaring Saturn happens once and it just happens and it goes away. You know what I'm saying? Because it's 2020 and 2020 is that bitch. We're hanging out with Mars square Saturn for a couple of months, all right? So you're gonna start feeling the effects about mid-August. The peak days are August 24th, September 29th. And then I think the last one we get on its way out is on January the 12th. So we're gonna be looking at this for a little minute because Mars is in retrograde and then it's gonna move forward. And then eventually it's gonna get away from square Saturn. So what that's supposed to look like is pretty much Mars, who is the, I am, I'm selfish, this is what I want, give me freedom, going toe to toe with Saturn, who's like, shut the fuck up, sit the fuck down and do what the fuck you're supposed to do. <laughs> it's nice to have dreams and all, but we gotta pay these bills. So <laughs> that's just something that we have to look forward to and it's gonna be chilling there. I don't know how that's gonna unfold and what that means. Obviously, there's a lot of societal inferences. That's our vocabulary word for the episode. This episode is brought to you by the word inference. But um, I can't, I'm not an astrologist, so I, I'm not gonna say what that means. I don't do predictions or no shit like that. But I do want you to know that, that energy is in the atmosphere while we are in retrograde. It also makes sense too, right? You want to get stuff done. You want to start something new. Something's going to be trying to slam you and keep you in the status quo. Mm -hmm. So it also makes sense with Mars being in retrograde, but I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of societal inferences that can be made about that, but uh, I just want to put that there and walk away. You know, I'm just collecting information and sharing it, you know? Got it. The last thing it's another time of year when it's just hard to communicate what you're trying to say. People are just misunderstanding you and you just can't understand why other people are talking so fucking crazy. It's Mercury retrograde. This last Mercury retrograde for 2020 is October 13th through November 3rd. However, preseason for Mercury retrograde starts September 23rd. Something oh, else yeah. lovely. Retrograde. Because you know, right now, we have Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter in retrograde. And Mars is about to go into retrograde from September, what, 9th through the 13th, November. And now we're going to have Mercury in retrograde on top of that through September, you said Well, hopefully some of these other bitches, because Pluto and all them been in retrograde for a minute. Yeah. So these motherfuckers start moving. But again, 2020 is that bitch, you know? Like, she came up in here like... <laughs> You thought, you thought, oh, what's that? Because I thought somebody said they was going to have a life. <laughs> what's that? I thought somebody had a plan. <laughs> what's that? You going to live your best life? 
No, no. He does not give a fuck about nobody. Who would be surprised? How would y'all feel if before 2020 was out, you just woke up one day and the sun just wasn't fucking there? Like the sun disappeared for for two days. No one knows where the fuck it went. 2020 is that bitch. She'd be like, I'm turning the lights out. I just. You know what? I am ready. I'm about to say I ain't ready, but I am ready. I'm ready for the retrograde. It's it's already something I've, you know, we're, we've been preparing, you and I. We've been preparing. Yeah. So it's it's going to be what it is. And bring it on, Mercury. Yeah. Bring it. <laughs> and it's never, like, whenever things go in retrograde, like, some people take it, like, super bad and super negative but it doesn't have to be not it doesn't have to be like this is a great time like like she said on um bahati life that's where i got this information from what she said is that this is a great time to pause this is a great time to look within this is humbling Mm. it is going to be interesting to see like how different dynamics relationships societal things government Mm. how these things will be broken down while these things are in retrograde so that will be very interesting to watch and witness. Okay, C Sharp, what, what a journey. What a lovely conversation. Yes. Um, Mars Retrograde is on its way. Don't, don't be shy, don't get scared, all right? It just means it's time for you to plan and get ready for what's coming next. Think outside of the box, don't don't stick with the regular degler thing. Everybody just goes on a quote unquote diet. What are you going to do that's different than what everybody else is doing? What's that thing that you're going to do that nobody else is down to do that's going to ensure your success once you are finally let out of this Mars retrograde? My wonderful, beautiful people, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Black Innovation. I am so excited and thankful that you have continued this journey with me. I'm excited for your growth and power. I again can't express the importance of giving yourself grace. Nobody's perfect. Give yourself grace to grow. Everything that you experience, everything that's happened to you, every struggle that you had is only making you stronger. You have to break muscle to build muscle. Keep your head up, keep doing what you're doing. Keep looking inward, keep looking upward. Be sharp, you got a word for the people. The word is lovely people of this tribe. Always do you. Do it with grace. Do it with love. Remember that you are loved. Even if you feel like nobody loves you, you love you. You are enough. You are worthy. Always remember that. Go get your life because it is right there waiting for you. And that is my word, Deuce. Amen. Until next time.
Do you? 